Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast. I'm Kenny Vaughn. I'm here with my wife, Tammy. And as always, we're talking to you about how to live a loving life, and we're not talking about romance. We're not talking, I mean, I guess that comes in every now and then. It, it, it's, it's, that is a tiny portion of it, but we're talking about the kind of love that changes your life, that changes your family, makes you better father, mother, brother, sister, neighbor. Um, more, really, it, it, it completes everything in your life. The, the, the part that if you get right, takes care of everything else, and if you don't get it right, then... Everything else is just going to keep falling apart. So we're trying to we're trying to discuss the foundation, like the 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 ground floor level of your entire life. Like every decision you ever make is either rooted in love or it's rooted in fear. That's what we believe, and and I think it's also sometimes painfully obvious to me, but it's self evident, and it's self evident truth. Today we're going to dive into uh, a subject. What the subject is should you defend God, and it's it's one that's been it's been hard for me because I grew up with um a, a like a really strong dad who was viciously defensive of his family and of me and my brother and my sister and especially my mom and but he I think he. You know, I don't think I know he he did it for the right reason, and I was surrounded by that. The the you know the part of that though was you know I, I saw my dad fist fight at least four times, maybe five, <laughs> in the time that I was growing up. He never started a single one of those fights. I'm not advocating fighting. Okay, I mean we're gonna when we're talking about should we defend God? I don't think we should, but <laughs> we're gonna get to that. And what do I mean by that? You know, what, what am I getting at here? But because my dad was viciously defensive of us, he never started anything. He did everything to avoid his, well, sometimes he did. Most of the time he did everything he could to avoid as much as he could. Um, but in the end, um, if if you were coming for his family, not, you know, he was coming for you. So knowing that and growing up like that, I was just, I, I was by nature kind of viciously defensive and especially of the people I love. You know, if you if you love someone, you protect them. That's what love does, right? I mean, you you love it, you protect it. And so because I was like that, when I came to know God, I came to know Christ and his love for me, I was I was um trying to I just by default, I was very defensive of Christ, of Jesus. So I'm like, Jesus died on the cross for me. He loved me when I didn't even deserve it. I, I love him so much. This is really like the feeling of love I'm talking about here, where I'm saying I love him so much for loving me that I want to have this. If somebody said anything about Jesus, I was going to protect him. I was going to stand up for him. Like if nobody else in this room is about to jump up, it's like, wait, what did you say and what did you mean? You know, I'm willing to die. To defend Jesus. So I have this, this mindset as I'm rolling through life that my responsibility, it's, it, I, I didn't really think this through, it's just where I was. You know, it was like my responsibility was to defend God because I loved him. And I get an, I got a neighbor, and I've mentioned this story before, but it's worth mentioning again. And most of you probably haven't heard it, but I had this, I had a neighbor, and he was, um, he was an atheist, and he was sick. And there was some other thing, and he never had any company, and we're coming up on Thanksgiving next week. It's kind of a good time to tell a story. 
And um, I guess when, when we hear this, it may be right after Thanksgiving. But so we, he he's by himself all the time. He lived next door to my parents. And it's a Thanksgiving day this on this certain year. And he's over there. I can see he's over there alone. I can't see him. He's in his home. But my mom's yard was filled with cars. You know, there's probably 30 cars in the front yard. Mom and dad's living in the country. They're all parked out there. So it looks like a party at our house and empty over there. And every time I drive by a house that has a party, I feel like I'm uninvited. Even though I'm not even supposed to be invited, I always feel left out. You know, I'm like, dang, what's going on over there? And why didn't I get an invite, you know? And so I see this guy, you know, I, I'm just like, you know what? What the heck? I'm going to bring him some uh, uh, Thanksgiving plate. And I, I head over there, I bring the Thanksgiving plate, and I'll spare you that story, but it, it was uh, it was brutal. You know, I mean, he invited me in, and I thought, okay, that's great. You know, I'll be happy to come in and, and set the food down or whatever. But in, the, in the, the process of the next hour, hour and a half, I don't know, and I'm trying to get back to the family and everything else, basically he told me he didn't like, you know, my, my food was, you know, that kind of food, you know, dogs eat that because that's like, <laughs> not good for you he was an ex uh you know he had been in the fitness in his industry for years out west um you know he he he, he attacked my faith um he it was, it was just a he was it was it was weird he was he was like he was so happy i was there and he wanted me to be there and he wanted to talk to me and he didn't want to let me get away but he just viciously spilled all this junk out well part of what came out and all that was i felt like somewhat disrespectful to Jesus. And so I bit my tongue on it, you know, and I didn't do anything. I left. Not long after that, I thought, man, it also learned in the process that, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of time to live. He was dying of cancer and uh, he had been on, and and it was pretty uh, blatantly obvious why no one was there for Thanksgiving and no one was ever there because it was impossible. I mean, it was was brutal just being there. Um, But I, I checked on him a couple more times after that and each time, and in one case, I, I gave him a dog tag. You know, we make the children's strength with the scriptures. The scriptures on these dog tags, I gave him one because he had mentioned he's afraid all the time. He was telling me how, how he's always afraid. And this scripture said, you know, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God's with you wherever you go. And he mocked that a little bit. And so, so at that point, I left, and I felt ashamed for not defending God. And... I, I got into this, um, I don't know, I wrestled with it for a while where I was repenting. I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry, you know, that I'm letting this guy get away with this. And so I'm like, you know what, next time I'm going to go check on him again. We're going to go cut his grass or something, you know, we're trying to help him. But next time he says something about God, about Jesus, like I'm coming, not physically coming for him, but my foot is coming down. You know, I'm going to be like, listen, man, you can talk about any and everything you want to. You can talk about me, talk about all this stuff, but don't ever say anything else about Christ. You know, he died for me. What, you know, that was, I don't, I don't know what I would have said, but that was my mindset and my position. And, but before I went back over there, and this is weeks apart, um, I was thinking and praying about that. And it was, I, I'm not saying God spoke to me, but you know, it was as if God said to me, do you really think I need your help? You know, you know, I appreciate the fact that you want to protect me, but I'm big enough to take care of myself. And whatever that was, the moment that thought crossed my mind, I was like, how true is that? 
And how foolish am I to think <laughs> that he needs me to defend him? But so what am I supposed to do? And and then, you know, it's like I know I'm painfully aware at that moment. And almost as if God had said to me, I appreciate it, but I didn't call you to defend me. I called you to love. My greatest commandment isn't defend the Lord your God. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And not defend your God from your neighbor, but love your neighbor. So I've called you to love, not to defend me. I'm big enough to take care of myself. And and just the thought of that, it was such a relief to me. So, I mean, part of this podcast, I just wanted to say that. I just want to communicate to you, you don't have a responsibility to defend God. You do have a responsibility to stand for the truth. And when you stand for the truth, it many times will be in defense of the truth of His Word. But while we stand for that truth, I think reveals who we're defending. And if I really love my neighbor, in this case, if I really love this guy that lives next door to me, then I, I can't withhold the truth from him. I have to tell him the truth. But if I'm defending God, I'm telling him the truth, not for his sake. I'm telling him the truth for my thinking. I'm telling him the truth for God's sake, as if I'm helping God. And for my sake, because I'm taking a stance for my personal beliefs. And when I do that, I fail to love my neighbor. But I can stand for the truth. I can still stand for the truth, not for God's sake, because he can stand for himself, not for my sake, because God has taken a stand for me. God's good and I'm good. It's my neighbor that's not good. And so if I love my neighbor, I take a stand for my neighbor's sake. So I still speak the truth. I'm not suggesting you don't speak the truth. And I spoke the truth after that when I would engage with this guy. I was boldly speaking the truth to him, but I was making sure as best I could that he knew that the the truth I was speaking was not for me, not for my faith, not for God's sake, but for his sake. And so our relationship kind of went that way for a while, where we kind of boldly spoke truths to each other, but we weren't, and, and strangely enough, and sometimes I felt like he was kind of personally attacking me, but not too much. And, and strangely enough, you know, we, we, we kind of grew closer to, together through that. Then, um, and just as an example of what I mean by boldly speaking the truth for their sake, this is what happens at the, at the, towards the end of the uh of his life basically um i stopped by to see him and i'm thinking i'm pretty it's pretty it's pretty obvious he's not going to go too much further and um when i did i think he kind of knew that too so we both kind of knew we may never see each other again and he tells i said i said hey the last thing i said well man i hope you hope you do okay you know i hope you're doing okay and and as i'm going to leave and he says you know hey kenny i just want you to know i just want to die that's what he told me. And so I'm like, he wants to die. He's as far from Jesus as you can get. How do I, how do I love my neighbor and speak truth that he needs to hear, but for his sake? And, and this is what I said. And somehow it communicated. I just said, Ted, the last thing you want to do is die, man. 
because it's not the it's not the end; it's the beginning. And if you die without Christ, it's not going to get better; it's going to get worse. And I wasn't telling him that to say, "Ted, you're going to hell." I didn't want him. I was telling him that because I didn't want him to go to hell. And I knew God didn't want him to go to hell. And he he could see that. He knew that's why I was speaking that truth to him. And so he what he did first, he laughed. And he said, well, you know, that's never going to happen. Because I, I think I said, and you need to, don't die, you don't want to die before you receive Christ. I think that was the last thing he told me. He said, well, you know, that's never going to happen. And I said, I said, Ted, it may not. And that's not up to me, it's up to you. But it won't be because Tammy and I aren't praying every day that it will. And then I turned and I walked away. And I, I, I mean, I was as bold as I could be, but I wasn't defending God. I wasn't defending me. I was, everything was for Ted. And as I'm walking away, he said, hey, Kenny. And I, I turned around, looked back. And he had just, he had told me so many times he'd never met a Christian he liked. He hated Christians, and he gave me all these examples, all the mean, hateful things, all this stuff, you know. And I'm just walking away, and uh, he says, hey, Kenny. I turn around and say, yeah, man. Hey, Ted. Yes, sir. He said, uh, you're the only Christian I ever liked. And I thought, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry Christians don't do a better job of loving our neighbors, but I'm really sorry that you don't understand most Christians. And that you don't understand who Christ is. You know, I didn't tell him all this. I just told him, thank you, and I love you too, you know. And um, But I learned so much that has helped me so much in how I live my life and how I interact with people all the time. Cause, because this, this isn't just about loving my neighbor, Ted, and how to, how to, whether or not I defend God. It's the same way that I'm called to defend my own children. Okay, so follow me a second here. But in the defense of my own children, what I always want to do when someone does something offensive or seemingly offensive to my children is I want to come like a, a roaring lion in defense of my children with no regard for this other person. And what I end up doing many times is defending my own children's selfishness because this person's response or action towards my child is, may not be the right thing, but it might be for a reason I'm unaware of or some, or some good reason. And so when I, do, when, I, when I defend my child like a roaring lion all the time with no regard for the truth, what I, what I slowly teach my children is that everything they're doing is okay and everything everybody else is doing is wrong. And the way to handle that is to come in like a roaring lion in, in defense of my children without regard for the truth. Does that make making sense? Mm -hmm. Line me out when I say because I know, Timmy, I haven't talked to you about this. And usually we're talking about this stuff before we come into this. But I was just thinking about this before today's podcast. And so here's what I'm saying. The, the best way to defend my children is to defend the truth. So when something happens to my children, when something happens to you, something happens to anyway, anyone around me. Now, if there's a real immediate physical threat, I have to do whatever I have to do. We all have to do whatever I have to do in that moment to stop that. Okay, But in most cases, that's not what's going on. So the, the proper way to defend even our family, our neighbors, our friends, everyone, is to seek the truth. Because the truth is... 
is the best defense for everyone. So if someone says my, you know, something's going on between my child and someone else, instead of just rushing in in defense of my child, the first thing I do is I get my child or my friend or my wife or whoever, my brother, and I say, well, tell me what happened. Like, I want to know the truth. I want to defend the truth. And if the truth is that you've done something foolish, the best defense I have for my the person that I love, my family member, is to say, okay, well, we got to own that. I understand these people over here look like our enemy right now, but the first thing we have to do is let them know we were wrong about this. And then, and, but, but may, and then there's things they're right about. We say, hey, okay, you're right about this. And then we take those, those truths to the other person, and we say, hey, hey look, I, I don't appreciate my, my, I probably, I'm probably going to at least have to say, I don't appreciate the way you're treating my whatever, but my family member, whoever, but this is what I understand to be the truth. Is this true or is this not true? And you give this other person a chance to reveal what is true and what is not. Here's the beautiful thing about the truth. It defends itself. So people can lie. They can play games. They can do all kinds of silly stuff, but that's all painfully obvious. It, it's, it's just not easy. to. It's not You can't pull that stuff off. So if someone's willing to do all of those things, all they do is position themselves in a weaker and weaker position. And ultimately, if they say, I don't care what anybody thinks, and I'm coming for them no matter what, you say, not unless you're coming through me. Right? So, so and, and we never have to defend. We don't, have to, we don't have to defend the people we love if we're willing to defend truth for their sake. And I, I hope this doesn't sound like, you know, I'm, I'm nitpicking because the difference between the two is enormous. You know, every time I come to the, you know, in, in Ted's case, if I were to just come in there and drop the hammer on him and then Ted dies not long afterwards, <laughs> instead of being so grateful for the opportunity for God helping me to love him, I, I'm like, hey, I might be half the reason he went to hell. I mean, I'm not. He's Ted's reason. If he, if that's what happened, that it would have been Ted's fault. But I had an opportunity that I that I didn't seize. Right? Why? Because I was defending myself, and I was defending a God who doesn't need my defense, and who hasn't called me to defend me, but to love my enemies. You know, my my neighbor and my enemies. Is, am I making sense, or am I making some uh, scrambled eggs? No, I agree. I think I agree with you. I feel like God. It, it seems a bit foolish to me to even consider that our creator would need his creation to defend him or, you know, to come to his rescue. And like you said, we're to defend the truth and God is perfect truth, you right. know, like, or we're to flush out the truth. And I, I believe God doesn't need us to defend his character. Um, there, the scripture that comes to my mind is in First Peter 3.15. And it's like what you were saying. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And so I don't feel like we have to defend God, but I do believe like the scripture says that we can defend our faith and um why we believe, you know, the way we believe, just like you did with Ted. You know. Yeah. And and so I guess that I agree fully with everything you just said. And I 
I guess the main, like the pivoting point, the thing that'll make everything goes so much better. Like the thing that will align you completely instead of feeling divided. Like so many times when I do things, I'm like, I think this is right, but this doesn't, this doesn't, you know, there's just all these different pieces and it does, it doesn't fully align where in that place where it's just like, I know that was right. I, I, I know the piece. I know the, the fullness of everything I just did. And the, the major crux i think the 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 turning point the thing that aligns all of that is the w h y why yeah why you why why'd you do it why are you doing it why are you defending your faith mm-hmm. then the mistake we make so often or at least i do you know and i see it often too is i'm i'm not defending my faith for you i'm defending my faith for me mm-hmm. and and when i i do that because i have this false belief that somehow you not believing my faith diminishes my faith or diminishes me or diminishes God or or changes something that it doesn't change at all. Mm-hmm. Like like if 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 I am in faith and I am in love and I am in communion with God, God's okay and I'm okay. Right. So you attacking my faith doesn't change any of that mm-hmm. unless this and this it's a trap. You know, it's, the trap is this, that if someone attacks my faith, I exit my faith. <laughs> I exit the truth in order to defend what I believe is true. Mm-hmm. And and so that's why I, often I say, you know, the wonderful thing about watching Jesus's life through the scripture is realizing that nothing anyone ever did to him changed who he was. That that was like the most, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, like that. yeah. I mean, Pontius Pilate, everything's life's on the line, everything that's going down, you know, because I'm like Peter. I mean, what another, just another great example, you know, they, they came for Jesus to take him to the crucifixion. And I, what does Peter do? He, he pulls his sword and chops a guy's ear off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when I heard that, I'm like, man, that was a bad shot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but the whole head should have went with it. You know, and and that's exactly who I was. That's who I want to be all the time. Like part of me wants to be that. Most of my life, I want to be that. But I'm learning. You know, I'm learning that. And what did Jesus say to Peter? Peter, Jesus didn't say bad shot. Right. He didn't say don't do that. He said, "Get thee behind me, Satan." What? Mm-hmm. So for me, I was like all my life. I'm like, are you kidding me? Get thee behind me, Satan. Like, when you read that, I mean, the first time I read it, like, oh, I, I, I'm okay. I, I thought I knew who Jesus was. I don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. And I really didn't know who he was. But what Jesus was saying is you are becoming who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, the people who are crucifying me, you're becoming them. That's not our mission. That's not our call. And that's not our goal. And so, I know that's a hard pill to swallow, especially, especially uh, for the tough guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys that think they're tough, like I, like me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that aren't really. But, um, but I'm telling you, every time, I, every time we draw the sword and we chop somebody's ear off, and then you know we go sit down and all that good stuff, it's like, man, something ain't right. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't flushing down deep, and and I'm wrestling with this, and and, and it's haunting me in some way, and um, and whenever we go, okay. I'm I'm not talking about laying down. I'll wrap it up with this, you know. Um I'm I'm not talking about laying down and doing nothing. I'm talking about a bigger, more important reason to get up and do something. 
you know, I mean, because I could have just, in the case of my neighbors, I can just say, hey, man, let the guy die. Man, good with me. Ain't nothing on me. It ain't bothering me, whatever. You know what I mean? I'm, I, I, I can make those kind of decisions too, right? But I don't get off the hook on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I still live with that. And unfortunately, that's not how I'm going to treat him, so I'm going to treat everybody. But if I love my neighbors and I love God as he's loved me, I can't do nothing. I have to do something. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't change who you are. I can't make you do anything. Um, there's a lot of things I can't do. And I'm not supposed to try to do the things that I can't do. But there are things that I can do, and I can love my neighbor, and that means protect, doing the best I can to defend them, not my God and not me, mm-hmm. with the truth, and that truth being the truth and the fullness of his word. And um, when nothing else will move someone, or soften a heart, um, you doing what is truly best for your neighbor, for their sake, even your enemy, for their sake, um, in truth, not compromising, not doing all that other stuff, whether they let you know it or not, it'll rock you to the core. Mm-hmm. Ted went a long time. He never, I never had any idea. But getting in, you know, saying goodbye, he's like, dude, I think he wanted to say I love you. He just couldn't get it out. Mm-hmm. So you're the, you're the only Christian I ever liked. And um, I was thinking, I don't know much I like you, Ted, but I do love you. <laughs> you know? so. And just to not lead the listeners on a, you know, wondering what happened, but you wrote Ted a really yeah. long note. And because he didn't want to see anybody anymore his last days and the person that was taking care of him, you gave him the note. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> and... You explained, you know, everything to him and the message of salvation and his caretaker told you that Ted read the note and I just believe that we're going to see Ted in heaven when we get there. I think I hope so. I think he's going to be waiting for us. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, <laughs> I right? I think he's going to be screaming for you. <laughs> Kenny! Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He has a hard-headed something going right there, man. But, uh, yeah, I won't look for my grandpa, but I would like to ask somebody, man, did Ted make it, you know? <laughs> I think we'll know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That guy said he read that note several times. Yeah. And um, and I just told him about, that, you know, until he took his last breath, it wasn't too late. And That's just because right. he hated God, God didn't hate him. That's right. And, um, and you know, ain't none of us any better than Ted, right. unfortunately, without right. Jesus. Right. But he, he exchanged our filthiness for his righteousness. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so our responsibility is to help our neighbors see that even if they hate us, God loves them. And, uh, and sometimes us standing for the truth gets us hated. I've seen that before, too. But that's okay. I'm all right. I'm okay with being hated if I'm hated because I loved you. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Till next time, trust God's Word no matter what. And keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.